Hello, I'm Mike Baselli, your host for this podcast and the global community that has rallied around it. During this episode, we spoke with a digital health expert and industry leader who is creating pathways for the healthcare industry to adopt new and efficacious technologies. Meg Barron is a vice president of digital health strategy at the American Medical Association. And through her work, she is inspiring real lasting change by collaborating with physicians, technology leaders, and solution innovators to improve the delivery of care. During our time together, Meg shared with us how she and her team are driving the roadmap of initiatives that support the AMA's digital health and medicine strategy. Additionally, Meg outlines specific and tangible pathways for innovators and startups to engage with the complex healthcare industry. I'm excited for you to get to know Meg and hear her deep commitment and passion she has for innovating in the industry, which is creating better health outcomes for many lives across our nation. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Meg, welcome to the podcast. It's being recorded here at Halo Creative Labs, located inside of Angel MD's headquarters here at Catalyst, our healthcare innovation campus in downtown Denver. Thanks so much, Mike. This is a real honor and pleasure to be here. So appreciate it. And I know we're recording the podcast today virtually, but do come back soon, come back off. And I know you've been to our campus many times and we always love having you here, Meg. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to coming back soon. Well, we're looking forward to it as well. Meg, I'm fired up to spend some time with you today on the podcast. I've been fortunate over the past several years to build a very meaningful and deep friendship with you and to learn from you along the way. And today we're going to dive into your journey from starting in the consumer product and retail vertical and how you landed at the AMA almost 11 years ago and what your new and recently appointed position at the AMA means for you personally and the industry at large. But before we dive into all things digital health strategy, a bit of housekeeping, for our audience, while listening to any of our episodes, please make sure to visit the episode notes to share feedback and ideas with our guests via our guest feedback form link and to nominate other passionate pioneers for a future episode via our guest nomination form link. And lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast so you will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli in iTunes or Spotify, or click the link at the bottom of the episode notes. All right, Meg, before we dive into all the wonderful things happening at the AMA, let's take a moment to break the ice a bit so our community can get to know you. And I'm going to select a random question out of three here. Okay. All right, here's what came up. One thing that you love to do outside of your pioneering work at the AMA. Okay, well, tough one. But I would say my husband and I, we love seeing live music. And we also are really into home remodeling, actually. And just finished, well, I would say about three years ago, finished our full first home remodel. We sold that. Now we're actually in the process of remodeling a building in East, or in East Humboldt Park of Chicago. And we're going to make the first floor of it actually a passion project where we're doing uh, supper and song community events and bringing live musicians in uh, as part of that experience. So more to come and invites to follow. So. so you're marrying the two together, I'm hearing. 
Exactly. That's the goal. We're a little insane, but that the building is from 1891. So we're in the midst of remodeling as we speak. And we've already got a whole queue of musicians on our short list to try to get into the space. So looking forward to it. But yeah, we're definitely insane. So have you found some surprises along the way in remodeling a building from 1891? Well, we've definitely been learning about Chicago's permitting process. So I'll tell you that much. And I would say, yeah, there's always more behind the walls and behind the floors than you expect. How about that? I can only imagine. One more part, and we're going to dive into your work at the AMA. One more thing I want to ask, being a big music fan, of course, here I am, a proud Colorado resident. Have you ever seen a show at Red Rocks? I definitely have multiple times, including... Sergio Simpson, who's very, very high on my list in terms of musicians. So what do you think? It's a great place, isn't it? It's amazing. Yeah. You are extremely lucky to have that in your your backyard for sure. Yeah, it's a wonderful place from everything from tailgating to playing some cornhole before a show, watching the sunset behind the mountains, and then and then of course the amphitheater itself. Just incredible. So well, thanks for that. And congrats. I can't wait to see some pictures from the remodel and keep us posted on that as well, Meg. Well, let's start diving in. We have a lot to unpack today, Meg. I know you've been at the AMA now for over a decade. You've done incredible work there. And of course, you had that recent appointment uh, as vice president. So we're going to talk about that. But before we dive in on that current work and where you're taking the association and where you see the association's kind of importance and leadership in this new and fast changing dynamic that is our industry, Let's go back a bit. I want to understand how does a business leader like you coming from the consumer product and retail vertical find her way into the American Medical Association? Take us back to that. Yeah. So, you know, I started my career actually at Smith Buckland, which is the world's largest association management company. And I was leading different uh, marketing and more so product development efforts for healthcare and business clients found my way into Capgemini and focused on consumer product and retail sector there, um, again, largely in marketing and more so you know, the product arena. And then I had the opportunity to take a role at AMA that was more focused on membership and marketing at the time, actually, but also definitely had aspects of product and business development to it. So I started my career here at the AMA in that space. Um, and have the opportunity to really work my way through different segment marketing um, positions and then into a group that was formed around product development and really new product development, which led me into relationships with a lot of the health tech accelerators and incubators across the country. So for instance, Matter, you know, being the accelerator in our own backyard. Great place. Yeah, exactly. Started participating there when it was just all concrete. And AMA, we're a founding partner of Matter. Um, and really, our goal for participating there is how do we ensure that the physician and patient and voice is embedded in as early stage as possible to all these emerging technologies and solutions. To kind of bring it back to the consumer product and retail you know, aspect of it, I think as we very well know, you know, healthcare is one of the only industries that historically has not necessarily done a great job at making sure that end user input and involvement being the patients and the physician is included in new technologies and solutions that are coming to market. 
which again is kind of blows your mind when you think that that happens to have kind of rested on the laurels as long as it has. But I think um, what we've learned from, you know, obviously electronic health records and from other technologies that might not have succeeded is that it's imperative that we do have that physician and patient voice. And that's a massive aspect of my team's role here at the AMA. So are you having flashbacks a bit from your previous work before the AMA? Yeah, pretty much, right? I mean, you think about (laughs) anything lean startup ask, right? And it's like, what's the problem you're looking to solve? And the target audience is for that. And I think, you know, how do we get back to the basics a little bit there and make sure that those key questions are getting uh, answered? Well, before we dive into your role and and all the stuff you kind of uh, outlined for us, we're going to dive deeper in all that in just a moment. Let's set the stage a little bit though, Meg. I mean, the American Medical Association, the AMA, I mean, that's a household name for us in the industry and even outside of it. Give Mm -hmm. us a little bit of context though, historical or otherwise, in regards to the AMA, you know, why were they originally founded? What, you know, what's the story there? Give us a little bit of context of the magnitude of this organization before we dive in. Yeah, absolutely. So, for context, um, you know, the AMA is a 175-year-old um, institution and at the highest level, I mean, we are committed to being physicians' powerful ally in patient care um, and really focus on improving the health of the nation. And AMA, you know, a, a large benefit of the organization is that we represent physicians and patients, um, but physicians across all specialties and all practice settings and in all states. So that national voice and imperative um, is a critical uh, benefit to our our goal. Our mission overall is to promote the art and science of medicine and the betterment of public health. And I think we can all agree that that's needed more than ever right now as well as the essential cornerstone of AMA's strengths, which is really being able to help convene different stakeholders as well as different perspectives across the ecosystem, which again, and Mike, I know you're involved in things like Together Health and things that we're a part of together. You know, again, I think it's crucial to um, today's day and age and making sure we're breaking down barriers and silos across the industry. And thanks for that, Meg. So let's also go back a bit for your own journey within the AMA. You talked about it at a high level, but right around, and correct if I'm wrong here, right around beginning of 2016 is when you entered into what the AMA is calling digital health strategy. Give us a little bit of understanding as to one, why did the AMA start turning this part of the business on digital health strategy? And how did that look in regards to you coming into that? Give us a little bit of a history lesson there as well. Yeah, I'd be happy to. So um, just for, again, some a little historical context, um, when Dr. Madeira came on as our CEO, um, a, a few years before I joined in the digital health position, and he really helped us focus our efforts. Because as you can imagine, as an umbrella organization that, again, has the ability to represent all states and specialties. With that comes this enormous uh, you know, opportunity to address everything you could imagine in healthcare, right? But there was a understanding that we really needed to focus. And as part of Dr. Madero's leadership, we really started focusing in on three key focus areas. Um, the first was around really driving the future of medicine by reimagining medical education, training and lifelong learning. And as part of that, uh, we developed a consortium called Accelerating Change in Medical Education, 
which consists of 37 medical schools uh, that really came together to rethink and reimagine the curriculum of yesterday for the realities of today. Uh, that was one key area or aspect of our three focus areas. The second was around improving the health of the nation by working to prevent chronic disease and really confront kind of this health crisis that we have right now. And as you, I'm sure, likely know, that 85% of the $3 trillion plus that is spent on healthcare right now is spent on chronic disease, right? And it's just, it's not sustainable. And there's just such incredible opportunity for improvement there. We've focused our efforts in this space uh, specifically on prediabetes and on hypertension. Have a number of partnerships and relationships there um, helping us to address that because it's certainly not something that we can do alone. But last but not least, the third area is around removing obstacles that interfere with patient care. And this is uh, the division that I technically sit within, which is uh, physician satisfaction and practice sustainability which is a long way to say, how can we help to eliminate burdens that right now are having physicians spend more time on administrative either aspects uh, and that is inclusive of two to one time right now on the computer typing into their EHR versus FaceTime with their patients um, and how can we help to address that? So as you can imagine, throughout in each of these focus areas, you can see how technology and innovation is sprinkled into all of this or has the opportunity to really help to accelerate all of this work. Um, but it, it definitely takes some concentrated effort. And I would say that, you know, the teams and groups that are leading our strategy efforts and mission efforts across the AMA, you know, each have this as a focus. But our team um, in digital health is really focused on kind of amplifying the necessity to make sure that the physician and patient input is included into everything that we're doing. That's an awesome overview. Thank you for that, uh, Meg. I do appreciate it. I, I do just want to call out one area that I think we hear a lot in the industry, and I want to see how you at the AM and the AMA are thinking through this, right? We're, we're hearing so much about physician, and, and I even just call it now provider burnout right across the board. Mm -hmm. Don't give me another click. Don't add another piece to my workflow. Right. And, right. and trust me, I'm the first one to raise my hand. I'm the biggest proponent for health tech innovation. I love it. But how do we how do we balance that healthy tension of of you know yes we want innovation and and but this burnout piece and don't add another click. How are you guys bridging that and and balancing that tension in the marketplace? Yeah, it's it's tough. It's a great question. I mean, our research in partnership with Mayo has shown that more than half of all physicians in America suffer from at least one symptom of burnout, um, which is sad, right? I mean, it's pushing a profession that got in to this to help patients um, and really have a calling to help patients to leave at times because of symptoms of burnout and because you have some of the most highly trained um administrators, right, like typing away at a computer versus, again, spending uh, their valuable time with patients who need it. So it's such a balancing act of how do we make sure that technology is an asset and not a burden, right, for physicians. I, I mentioned the, you know, electronic health record as an example, and, and that's not to, you know, say that there's not 
lots of variables going into that as a current experience, right? Regulatory um, variables, kind of decisions that health system administrators are making in terms of the training and different, um, you know, platform versions that are getting put in. But then there is a basic level of UX requirements and UX needs that need to be there. And I think as we, you know, consider this kind of proliferation of digital health apps and solutions and technologies hitting the market. And I think, you know, the latest stats that I use are that there's over 300,000 of them right now with multiple being added every single day, which on one hand you think, oh, it's amazing, right? Like that we've got, you know, all this innovation and technology happening. But at the same time, if that technology and innovation is not understanding physician and patient needs and requirements and the actual problems that need to be solved. It's really adding more clutter, more noise in an already extremely, you know, laborious um, process that physicians and patients are facing today. So it's, it's tough, but I'll definitely would love to touch on some of the things that we're working on at a national level. with partners to help to address some of this. Well, you actually teed me up perfectly, Meg. It's like we've worked together quite some time. So, um, you know, one thing that I am excited about, and you guys, you and and, and the team have led this initiative, and it's wonderful. It's the AMA uh, Physician Innovation Network, and it's enabling entrepreneurs and physicians to collaborate on the development of new solutions. Share more about that. That sounds really exciting. And from my perspective, that is exactly what's needed in the marketplace. We can't have these entrepreneurs and these startups building in vacuums. They need to be on the front lines with the end users, whether that be providers, whether that be patients, whether it be both. But share a little bit more about what this innovation network means for for all of us in the industry. Yeah, I know. I'd be happy to. Thanks. So um, as way of background, uh, the Physician Innovation Network which you can think of as really, uh, you know, match.com to connect physicians and health tech companies all across the country, as well as a platform where we are um, convening virtual panel discussions on different topics and curating different panelists and moderators to help really bridge different perspectives in the ecosystem. But as way of background, um, as I mentioned in previous role, um, had the opportunity to start leading some of our different health tech accelerator and incubator relationships. And as a part of that, I would have companies reaching out saying, hey, you know, I hear you. I definitely want to get physicians further about, involved in what I'm doing. Hey, can you now go find me three urologists to give me feedback on XYZ? Or I'm looking for a physician advisor or a board member to get involved um, or a CMO, you know, position for my company. So myself, a small team, we're really going through our virtual Rolodexes to help play manual matchmaker for that. And on the flip side, we had physicians saying, hey, we want to have a voice, right? We're going to be the end users for these. We want to make sure that our insights and really the actual problems that we need to solve are being heard. How do I get involved in this? Like, What's a digestible way for me to feel as though I can be part of the conversation? So... We built a physician innovation network first as a minimal viable product where we were working uh, specifically with Matter and Healthbox and some accelerators and groups that we had relationships with already. Um, We started to expand it pretty quickly. Um, The platform now, about about three years later, is upwards of 11,000 users on the platform, which is split pretty evenly between innovators slash entrepreneurs 
and physicians, um, as well as medical students. And as part of that, you know, we, like I said, host virtual panel discussions where people can have access to leading, you know, experts and, and influencers kind of across the ecosystem, as well as directly connect with companies and opportunities that those companies are posting for physicians to get directly involved. And then one plug I have to say is um, we have a number of collaborators. I think we're upwards of 20 plus collaborators on the platform, including um, groups like Savvy Co-op, who we're huge supporters of, who are helping to bring the patient voice to this conversation as well. Very cool. Is there somewhere specifically online that uh, our listening community can learn more about that? Yeah, absolutely. If you Google um, AMA Physician Innovation Network, it should come right up. Um, would also love, you know, if people would reach out to me through LinkedIn or happy to provide my email at the end, uh, but would love for everyone to join. It's, it's, I should also say it's mission driven. So it's free um, for both companies and physicians to join the platform. That's awesome. Thank you for that, Meg. Really appreciate it. I also now want to talk about something that you and I are both involved in, and that's the Together.Health initiative. Uh, Before I uh, set the stage and ask a couple questions from your perspective and the AMA's perspective of how important this collaborative, let me set the stage just a little bit for our listening community. The Together.Health collaborative is a large and quickly growing collaboration representing over 50 plus digital health accelerators, incubators, economic development organizations, government organizations, and other community leaders. And these organizations are going to work together with thousands of partners, startups, investors, thought leaders, and politicians from around the world. And we believe at Together.Health, by leveraging the regional strength of all these organizations as a national and international network, the collaborative is well positioned to make a massive impact on the healthcare industry moving forward. I know I've been involved with it as one of the founding steering committee uh, members, and it's been wonderful to watch all of these leaders coming around together on this collaborative what does Together.Health mean for the AMA? What is the AMA bringing to this uh, collaborative? Uh, how do you guys see it? What do you see in the future for the collaborative as well? Yeah, I mean, you know, I have the opportunity to sit on the executive steering committee. And when I first started getting involved, um, it was really resonated for me because, again, having the opportunity to have relationships either formally or informally with accelerators in different groups across the country. One thing that struck me was you know, the amount of almost Wizard of Oz syndrome that was happening, that kind of innovation behind a curtain, that you'd go to one accelerator and then you'd almost hear um, the same song and dance, both from a problem lens as well as from the innovation that was getting created lens um, in each region and each hub. So I think what Together Health is doing is really helping to break down barriers there and break down silos as well as really share and amplify what's working and what's not working and where we can further come together to tackle problems that need, that everyone recognizes, right, that we can't do it alone, that it really is at a system level at the most time. And I'd say from AMA's perspective, that's how we approach all of these problems is, you know, recognizing that this is at a national lens and even things like physician burnout, right? That it's one thing to do yoga and it's one thing to you know meditate and all of that. But if you don't address the system level issues that are impacting and helping to create the symptoms of burnout as it is, no amount of yoga or meditation that you're going to do is going to help, right? And that's where I think the power of both 
AMA's efforts, but then um, also together health efforts together, bridging different stakeholder and industry perspectives is just extremely valuable. It is. And I've been watching the, the power behind it and that power of togetherness, right? It's It's been so inspiring to see what's already being achieved. And, we're, and I believe we're all just getting going with this collaborative. For our listening community, and I'll leave it in the episode notes as well, uh, you can find more out online about this uh, collaborative at simply together.health. Again, together.health. And we'll leave that in the episode notes. So thanks for uh, kind of sharing out, out on that, Meg. We do appreciate it. Let's start talking a little bit more now future state. You know, I believe we're still kind of at the forefront of all of this innovation and where tech and and, and where the entrepreneurs and the in innovators can help take our industry. Um, where do you see your work? Where do you see the AMA's work and the position in the marketplace and a very fast changing marketplace? Where do you see the AMA's leadership taking us over the next one to three, three to five years? Yeah. So, you know, everything that we've done foundationally for our strategy has been um, rooted in research. And when I first joined the team um, under the leadership of Dr. Michael Hodgkins, uh, AMA's chief medical officer, you know, we started off by doing research and we surveyed 1,300 physicians nationwide and from all states, specialty, age ranges, practice settings. And what we wanted to do is really get a sense or a pulse for physicians' current enthusiasm level, their usage, and really requirements for emerging digital health technologies. And this, I should also mention, was you know taken into consideration EHR side, right? But for emerging technologies or solutions that are here today, like health patient monitoring, clinical decision support tools, telemedicine. Um, what were people excited about? What were they using? And what their requirements for adoption were? And this was from 2016. And the top line at the time was, you know, physicians were actually more enthusiastic than what we expected them to be, um, especially given frustrations with the EHR. But that enthusiasm was directly tied to a physician's ability to help them take better care of their patients, right? Which for us is always going to be the kind of cornerstone of the work that we do. Um, they also were loud and clear that they had key requirements for adoption and that those requirements had to be met before they would feel confident further adopting these solutions into practice. So it was interesting because in 2016, they were using about two of the seven solutions that we asked about with an anticipation to use quite a few more, right, in just the coming year or so. Um, what's interesting is we repeated that research and just released the results from that last week. So seeing kind of this three-year trend, and while their increased adoption wasn't to the full extent that they said that they would be adopting, it definitely has increased across the board and pretty dramatically in certain areas. Um, for instance, you know, telehealth or televisits usage has doubled from 2016 and remote monitoring uh, specifically for improved care has seen quite a bit of a spike. The last thing though I would note there is um, the, key the key requirements for adoption have remained the same. And those still are centered around these four key questions of prove to me it works and that it has an evidence base and really is part of that that physicians and patients have been involved in the development of it. That's number one. Number two is you know, is there a pathway to payment for this, right? Like, will I be able to be reimbursed or um, 
receive payment if I use this or prescribe this in my, my practice setting. Um, the third is around liability coverage and, you know, even above and beyond medical malpractice, but really around data and privacy and security concerns and making sure that, that um, those are covered. And last but not least, it's, you know, somewhat just change management asks, but will this work in my practice environment? So will it work with my care team and my workflow, with my EHR? Back to your point, Mike, you know, is this going to cause me to have to have five more clicks? in the 4,000 clicks I already do every single day? Or is it actually going to help me get two minutes of time back with my patient? So and in a nutshell, everything we're doing, everything we're working on, every partnership that we have is helping to make sure that those key requirements for adoption are being met. That was a lot of value right there for our listening community. To all of our startups and entrepreneurs, take a moment, hit the rewind button and write down those four. Those are spot on. I couldn't agree more with Meg. We as innovators, we as startups in this industry, we have to deliver on all four of those, not one, two or three, all four of them. So Meg, thank you for for sharing that out. That was very well said. And we do appreciate that perspective from the AMA. Let's now start getting the community involved, Meg, with your work and, and where you're at, because I don't care if you're a one-person startup or a 100-plus-year-old organization, we could always use some help. Um, share with the community one problem, need, or question that you or the AMA currently have that we can be helping with and, and be thinking through. Yeah, I've got plenty, but I'll, I'll say, you know, we are focused on improving the quality of visual health solutions and helping to scale the adoption of evidence-based solutions. So if you can help us do either of those or both of those, we want to talk. Um, what I would say is, you know, in terms of call to action, we'd love for you to join Physician Innovation Network. We'd love for you to leverage our resources, such as the, the Digital Health Implementation Playbook that we have put out and they're actually expanding on um, with content focused on telehealth specifically this year. And we would love for you to check out our digital health research that I was just mentioning to make sure that those key requirements are, are met and addressed. Meg, where can we find the playbook and that research? So if you Google AMA Digital Health, you're going to come on a landing page and all of it will be listed right there. Easy enough. Excellent. Well, thank you for that, Meg. We'll certainly get the word out there and, and they are wonderful resources. And I know actually you did some of that work, uh, the final product, you did some of that work here at Catalyst, by the way. Yeah, we did. And actually the, the telehealth content, um, you know, we're working with Egg Strategy again, who I know is a proud Catalyst member. And Great people. We're also working on some kind of cost of innovation ROI research with Egg Strategy and Mass Challenge Health Tech. So looking forward to releasing that this year as well. Very cool. Well, looking forward to those updates as well. Well, so in order for our community, you mentioned to it, there, there are some connectivity points for our community. Maybe you can share out some of those online connectivity points so we can get a hold of you. Yeah, I think... Um, the best place that I'd love to connect is through LinkedIn. So, um, you know, search and find me there. It's Meg Barron. Um, would also welcome for anyone to reach out to me directly via email. Uh, my email address is meg.barron at ama-assn.org. Um, so very much look forward to hearing from you. And Mike, you know, thank you. I know that you send out a feedback form as well in terms of 
opportunities for people to get involved. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. And for a community out there in the episode notes to, to Meg's point, you'll see the feedback form link. Go ahead and fill that out for Meg and her team for any ideas you have. Also, we'll list out uh, her contact points in the episode notes. So do take a peek there uh, to get a hold of Meg. All right. We're now at the back end of the podcast, Meg. And one of the, my favorite section is a fill in the blank. And here it is. I'm a passionate pioneer because? Because I'm constantly inspired and motivated by the physicians and innovators that I have the opportunity to interact with every day who I feel truly want to make healthcare better for patients who are all of us, our families, our friends, our loved ones, and ourselves. So that keeps me extremely motivated. Well, thank you for that, Meg. And you keep me extremely motivated as well. As I mentioned at the top of the uh, podcast episode here, I'm honored to be a friend of yours, to learn from you along this journey. You have been doing so much incredible work for so many of us for so many years. And I know you're also just getting going as well. So thank you for your dedication and your passion and your relentless desire and pursuit to make all of us better in reimagining the health for our nation. So thank you for all you do, Meg. And thank you for being on the podcast today. Thank you, Mike. This is um, amazing. And congrats on all of the work that you've done, not only in Denver, but at a national level as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.